Well, it's great to be here tonight. Good to see each one of you. Miss Megan, didn't you say something about Darren's hip being broken or? Okay, so it's Michael, not you, that uh, said he broke his hip. Yeah, okay. All right, thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good to be here tonight. Good to see each one of you in our, uh, uh, our services. Uh, it's always good to be in the Lord's house with uh, uh, God's people. and uh, We do want to remember those that have expressed special interest in our uh, prayers and, uh, in a very special way. But uh, we're glad you're feeling well enough to be here tonight. Open your Bibles, if you will, to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And what I'd like for you to consider uh, uh, the subject tonight is preaching. Preaching. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. If you remember last week, we uh, had a message about remembrance. And uh, Paul was remembering the church at... uh, Philippi, great things happened uh, there uh, in his uh, preaching and pastoring and as his mission effort to uh, promote the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, we know this is one of the prison epistles, and we also know that he was in Roman imprisonment at uh, this particular time awaiting his uh, execution. So we want to remember... uh, Apostle Paul, as he remembered these servants of his, and he referred to them, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in uh, Christ Jesus. And he didn't leave anyone out. He was very greatly concerned and had a great love for this uh, church and her uh, disciples of the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. Even when he said in verse 7, he said, Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because you have you in my heart, I have you in my heart, and as much as both in my bonds and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. He liked the word, using the words, you all, because he wanted to make sure they understood that he just wasn't talking with one or two or just this maybe select group or anything else. He wanted them to understand without question that he was writing and talking about all of them. And, uh, and he wanted them to, uh, to know that. And the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is for all men and women and children as well. Read with me in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. 
but the other of love, knowing that I'm set for the defense of the gospel. Now, what then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do rejoice with you because the gospel is preached into a, a world that's not readily acceptable to the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we thank you for the truths that's proclaimed throughout the world and to the uttermost part of the world. We thank you for the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit, not only in our lives individually, but in the church collectively. We thank you for your presence here tonight. We ask your mighty blessings on the service tonight. May each one receive the things that they're searching for. We know, Father, that you're a God that knows all about our hearts, our needs, and Whatever else that we may be experiencing, Father, you're able to take care of each and every one. We thank you for being such a God that knows not only, not only about each and every one of us, but you care. You care about us. You care about what we're going through. You care about what we're experiencing. You care because you love us, and we thank you for that love. We'd ask you to bless now this time that we have together. May each thing said and done, every decision made, exalt the very name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God has called men to preach the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the scripture, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, I don't know... Uh, some people think that's just a, a select few that that command is uh, given to. But that commission is given to all men, men, women, and children. It's given to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That commission says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has, he has called various people in the, uh, in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ to, uh, to do, the, do the preaching. When we look in... Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, we see that he called apostles, he's called prophets, he's called evangelists, he's called pastors, and he's called teachers, all to carry on the work and carry out the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and to preach the unsearchable truths of God's holy uh, writ. To carry on God's work, this is something that's very important. Lamas must be willing to support the church of the Lord Jesus Christ with their tithes and uh, offers. I know that's a sore subject, but that doesn't change the fact that we still have the responsibility to, uh, to share in uh, supporting the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We look in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 9, verse 14. We see that this, in the same way the Lord has given orders that those who preach the gospel should be supported by those that hear and receive the gospel of our Lord and Savior, uh, uh, Jesus Christ. So it's important, folks, that we understand the commission that was given and in order for that to be carried out, then it's going to take support from those that are saved by the matchless grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I understand that that's not a pleasant subject and that's not something that people like to hear, but it doesn't change the fact that it's still true. And uh, Listen, the, pre the prerequisite through preaching persecution through pre preaching. And we see this 
in, in a lot of ways, this is a prerequisite because it's something that usually goes with it, the uh, persecution through preaching of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to open your Bibles where you're there right now. I want to read verses 12 through 14 uh, uh, once again, especially in 12 and 13. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and all other places. Suffering. Apostle Paul knew something about suffering, didn't he? He knew all about it, folks. And uh, when we look in 2 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 11, I want to read these verses of scriptures. Because it, it, when we look at Apostle Paul's suffering, our, our persecution, our suffering is, is so minute. You know, it's just nothing compared to what he experienced in his, uh, his life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, if you will, look with me, uh, uh, look with me there in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to read verses 21 through 20, uh, 28. I speak concerning... Reproach as though we had been weak, habit, wheresoever, wheresoever, and any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a food, I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes more measure, in prison more frequent, in death often. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeying often in pearls of water, in pearls of robber, in pearls by own countrymen, in pearls by heathens, in pearls in the city, in pearls in the wilderness, in pearls in the sea, in pearls among false brethren, in weariness, painfulness, in watching often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and decadence. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches." Not only did he suffer persecution, imprisonment, and so many other things, but he said, I'm also burdened with the care of all the churches that God has uh, given me, the responsibilities that go with, uh, uh, go with that. And he said, it just seemed like, but many people talked about him like he didn't suffer, that he didn't do anything as far as the cause of Christ is uh, concerned. Concern. Yet not one time, with all that he's gone through, with all the suffering, persecution that he experienced not one time do we find in the scripture that he ever complained not one time do you find in the scripture it's just not there folks for to find apostle paul complaining about all the things he uh, experienced in his uh, life he was in prison almost as much as he was uh, uh, free in his life when he after he was saved on the road to damascus it just seemed like every time he turned around he was experiencing persecution, and he was being thrown in jail uh, uh, for many, on many occasions. I want you to note his words in Acts chapter 20, verse, uh, verse 24 also. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. 
but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. All the things he experienced, all the things that he endured, all for the gospel of our sake of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. Isn't it exciting, folks, that all that Apostle Paul wanted in his life will finish his course with joy. Joy of serving a great God, a great Savior, and soon coming Redeemer. That's all he wanted to do. And folks, near the end of his life, he had scars on his body to prove, proof that he endured all these things for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 17, listen to what he said in these verses of Scripture. From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. A lot of people may say a lot of things about Apostle Paul, but they said he didn't, couldn't say that he didn't suffer. They couldn't say that he didn't endure hardship. They couldn't say that he didn't preach the unsearchable truths of God's holy writ. They could not say that because I bear the marks of suffering for the cause of Christ in my body. Then when we talk about salvation, verse 14 of uh, Philippians chapter 1, listen to what he said. And many other brethren, but I want you to mention, mention this also in verse uh, uh, 13. Salvation, in, uh, so that in my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and all other places. It's important that we, uh, that we notice that. Because of all the places, and even he was even in bondage at this particular time. But he was tied to a prisoner, and uh, I mean a, a, a Roman guard while he was in prison there. And can you imagine these Roman guards when they when they were assigned the duty of being latched to Apostle Paul? Do you think they knew what was coming? Because I'm sure they had heard from many other palaces, guard, he's going to preach to you. He's going to talk to you about Jesus. He's going to tell you about the love of God. He's going to do that regardless of who you are. He's not afraid of you. You can't intimidate him. You can't threaten him because he's going to die anyhow. But he preaches the unsearchable proof. And he said, this is, this is the gospel, folks, so that in my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace." And in all other places, the gospel, listen, folks, in the, while he was a Roman uh, prisoner, he preached, and folks, it began, the gospel began to spread in all the palaces and all the other places that the Roman guards went. They were saved, and they been saved, and when they traveled and when they went off with their families and friends, they shared the gospel also. That's pretty neat, folks. Salvation in verse 14. And many of the brethren... And the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. While Paul was in prison, the jailkeeper, if y'all remember, in Acts chapter 16 was, uh, was saved. But not only him, 
Not only was the jailkeeper saved, but his whole household. And I have to believe that he's talking about his servants as well. Not just his immediate family. But it says the whole household was saved. And he had servants, many, that waited on his family, that waited on him. He was in a very influential position as a Roman soldier and as a prison guard. And I don't know, folks, I just have to believe. But not only was this Philippian jailer saved and his household, all those that was in his house, but I, I believe also there was prisoners that went with him because they were saved also. And they didn't say they stayed behind, but they stayed when the earthquake came. They stayed there. They didn't run away. Why did they stay there? Because of the singing and the praising of Apostle Paul and Silas. That's pretty neat, folks. And Paul suffered for the good of the Lord's churches. And that's always was utmost in his mind. That was always the most important part in his ministry and his life. The Lord's churches. The Lord's churches meant everything, everything to him. He, did, he was willing to do anything for the cause of Christ and to help the ministry of the Lord's churches. He was in prison, but he preached the glorious gospel to the Roman soldier, and he was saved as well as that. Later, Paul said that these, this was a plan and purpose in all things. You know, in Romans 8, 28, all things. We know that all things work together for good that those who love the Lord that are called according to his purpose. What was he saying there, folks? All things. God has a plan. Yes, he was in prison. Yes, he suffered persecution. Yes, he was beaten. Yes, he was beaten with rods and even left for dead, even in a shipwreck. But God has a purpose and a plan for everything in Paul's life. And God, listen, folks, God is still in control today. God has a purpose for every one of us in our life. What we need to do is to recognize that and grab hold of that and allow God to control our lives, control our decisions in whatever he wants us to, uh, to do. And that's what Apostle Paul says, whatever you decide, God has a purpose and a plan for it all. Search your hearts, folks. Search the Word of God. Let the Holy Spirit search our hearts to see if we're really, really doing all the things that we can do for the cause of Christ and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's His church bought and paid for by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is His church, and He's going to protect it, and He's going to do everything He can to help you to get the man that God wants here. We just need to recognize that, folks. Persecution through preaching. Apostle Paul knew something about that, folks. But also when we look at uh, problems through preaching, verses 15 through uh, 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 17. Verses 15 through 17 of Philippians chapter 1. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Do we have unchristian preaching today? Yeah. We have a lot of preaching, folks, sometimes that exalts the individual. And that's all they want, folks, is some way to exalt themselves uh, before man. But, folks, what we need to do 
is exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, not ourselves. And that's, that's what, as uh, pastors and Lord's churches, folks, and that's what Apostle Paul was, uh, 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 was talking about. There was other religious leaders that uh, were jealous of Apostle Paul's popularity. They, they didn't like the fact that he was winning souls to Christ and he was establishing churches, and they were jealous of him. And they were willing to do anything to stop his popularity if they, uh, if they could, folks. And that's the world that we uh, live in. We live in a society that's trying to stop Christianity altogether. And uh, we live in a society that uh, men and uh, cities are trying to stop churches from establishing and building churches in their city. Guess what? They get no tax revenue from this, this building, but they do from all of y'all, but they don't from this building and this property that it's uh, that it sits on and we have cities folks that's doing everything within their power to stop the preaching of our lord and savior jesus christ we have politicians not only here but in washington and all over the world that's trying to stop the preaching of our lord and savior jesus christ but they wanted the same publicity that apostle paul was getting I don't know if they wanted to endure the same things that Apostle Paul was enduring. I don't know that they wanted to suffer the same way that Apostle Paul was suffering. I don't know that they wanted to go through the, and experience the same persecution and going through that's being thrown in jail the same way that Apostle Paul was to receive the same popularity that he had, folks. When Apostle Paul went into Rome, we find that the Romans come out to meet him and the, the citizens, the church come out to meet Apostle Paul. And all of this, other preachers was jealous. Other preachers was envious of, uh, of him. And they were upset because he was so popular among all, all these, uh, these folks. But listen, I want to I share something uh, with you. I want you to look with me, if you will, in Acts chapter 19. This is pretty uh, neat stuff because when we go in the name of Jesus under false pretenses, the results and the Consequences can be severe. Now, look, look with me, if you will, in verses 13 through uh, 16 of Acts chapter 19. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We'll hear thee by Jesus, whom Paul preach, preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Listen, the results of this. Listen to this. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelleth at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. They counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Isn't it exciting when you see the results of someone making a stand against God's man and against the Lord Jesus Christ. They were attacked. And because of this attack, because of what they did and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Many lives was changed and touched by this particular testimony and by the influence of Jesus and Apostle Paul. And isn't it exciting when you think about it, folks? All these arts and that was so demonic was thrown in the fire and cast into the fire. There was a revival that was taking place in that city, a revival because of Apostle Paul and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be exciting if revival broke out at Unity Missionary Baptist? Wouldn't it be exciting if revival broke out at Richwood in the city of Richwood and many souls started turning back to Christ, many souls started being saved and committing their heart and lives to the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, that's not going to happen. Why not? God is still God. He hadn't changed. He hadn't gone anywhere. We've gone somewhere. We've moved, but God has not moved. He's still God. He's still Lord, and he's still coming again one of these days, folks. I don't know about you, but when we talk about preaching, some preach Christ. But listen, folks, this Apostle Paul said, it's okay. They may preach out of envy, and they may preach out of selfishness. But if they preach the truth about Christ, that's okay. We live in a society, we may not agree with everyone about everything that they do. We need to understand, if Christ is exalted, if Christ is preached, souls are being saved, then that's an exciting event that's taking place, folks. Souls are delivered from the pits of hell. We may not like everything, but isn't it exciting? And that's what he's talking about, folks. Christ is preached. Christ is exhausted. Praise through preaching in verse 18. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Rejoice, Apostle Paul said, because God's word is preached. Regardless of who may preach it, The gospel is proclaimed. The gospel is preached. Regardless of who's doing it, the gospel is preached. Rejoice because God's will is preached. God's word shows his will to mankind. And that's what we want, folks. We want mankind to recognize a Savior that loved them. We want mankind to understand the great love that God has for each and every one of them, just like he has for me, just like he had for you in, uh, in your life. Folks, I want to tell you something. The most exciting thing that ever happened to me in my life is when Jesus Christ saved my soul. Most exciting day in my life, a day I will never, ever forget. I may forget a lot of things, folks, and, and I said in some, I was, this morning I was tying my tie, and, and uh, this, this thing was longer than my other part, and so I went back changed. I said, now, I couldn't remember how to tie it. There's a lot of things I may not remember. There's a lot of things I'm forgetting, but one thing I have not forgotten, and that's what Jesus did for me, and the change that took place in my life, the immediate change that took place in my life. Not over a long period of time. Well, preacher, you don't understand. It has taken me a long time because I've did this same thing for so long. It doesn't matter, folks. When Jesus saved you, he saved you, and you become a new creature in Christ. 
When his word is given, even though a child or a sinner, it always shows God's way. It's wonderful and exciting when children are saved at preaching of God's word. It's also exciting when mom and dad are saved by the preaching of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's always exciting. Christians play a very important part in their pastor's success or failure. What you say about your pastor, what you say about missionaries is very important. And I know you've had many missionaries here, which is a great thing, a great testimony on behalf of this church. And that's the way it should be. My daughter, and I know I've said this before, I said, Dad, because of your ministry, I have friends all over this world on Facebook. Your action, how you act towards God's work, and how you act outside the church are important. See, because they see you. People hear you. And if you talk to people about, I'm a member of Unity Missionary Baptist Church. And they see all other kinds of actions. And they hear all kinds of words that shouldn't be come out of a child of God. Then that's a reflection on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But more importantly, it's a reflection on your testimony. But it's also a reflection on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Your attitude, your feelings toward the pastor and God's work can help or hinder the cause of Christ. Your affection, what you love, will control you. When you love God, when you love the cause of Christ, when you love the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you'll be faithful and you'll speak well of the brethren and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to exalt the name of the Lord. And that's something the Apostle Paul said to all my brethren, to all of you. I want you to know I remember you. And I think of you often. I think of you often because of how you have responded to me. How you have prayed for me. How you have supported me. How you have encouraged for me. And how you have come in personal contact with me over and over again. And I love you and I appreciate you for it. And we need to remember one another, folks. We need to remember our sisters and brothers in Christ. You know, it's exciting to me when I talk to some of your uh, other church members. And they say, well, such and such just called me. Such and just, I just talked to them on the phone the other day checking on me. That's exciting, folks. And that's the way it needs to be. God's people caring about one another. God's people praying for one another. God's people loving one another. And that's what we find in Apostle Paul, folks. His love for the church at Philippi, his love for the families there. And understand one thing. He said, to all, to all, not just a select group, but to all my brethren, to all my sisters, I pray for you. And that's the way it's called to be. Tonight, as we stand and we prepare this song of invitation, When's the last time you encouraged someone by praying for them? When's the last time 
You encourage someone by calling them on the phone. Let them know that you missed them. Let them know that you missed them from being in God's service. And maybe they're sick and afflicted and just pray. Let, call them and let them know that you're praying for them and all that they're enduring, all that they're experiencing. God is good, folks. He's been good to all of us. And we need to love him, but we need to love our brethren also as we sing this.